Hello, I'm Andrew. And I'm Katharina. Welcome to Two Tablespoons, a podcast where we discuss recipes, food products, how we like to cook and eat, and we'll try to have a bit of fun along the way. Today we're going to be covering paella, or paella, uh, whatever the correct pronunciation is, one of the best known dishes of Spanish cuisine. Well, I personally love paella. However, uh, what I didn't know is that while it's a lot of the world consider uh, this to be the Spanish national dish, uh, the Spanish people themselves consider it very much a Valencian dish. So, clearly in that case, this originated in the Valencian region and the word translates simply to frying pan. Um, if what I read is true, then in Valencia all pans are called paella. This is because traditionally paella is cooked over an open fire in a large shallow pan with the smoke from the fire infusing into the dish. So what actually is paella? Well, you are the cooking expert and not me, but doing a bit of reading, because the dish is so historic, there are a million and one opinions on what should be in a paella or paella. But the basics are, it's a rice dish, it includes some form of meat depending on the season, region and availability. So some places would have more fish and seafood included if they were closer to the coast. Rabbit even. Rabbit or other things. Uh, it usually contains some form of beans or seasonal vegetables. Olive oil is a base for the cooking and it's often flavoured with garlic, paprika and saffron which gives the rice a vibrant yellow colour. I also read because that's what I do, read, because I don't know anything about <laughs> cooking practically. I just do the reading. After cooking the paella, there would usually be a layer of roasted rice at the bottom of the pan called socarat. Apologies to any Spanish people who I'm offending with my pronunciation, which is from the Spanish word socar to singe. See, look at all this reading I've done. Look at all this research. Very good, very good. Um... So the socarat is seen to be an enjoyable and tasty part of the dish and should actually be included. Um, if we think about some of the cooking programs we've watched recently, contestants got criticised for not having the layer of burnt rice in the bottom of their pan. I know, I know. We are probably going to upset some people with our take on paella. However, we are going to be talking about how we tend to make paella when we are having dinner. So please, uh, any purists out there, please do not get upset. We are not We're not saying this is the right way. We are not this professional is, chefs. This is our way this is to our make way it. To how, cook. how we enjoy it. Yes. How we enjoy a paella. So the first thing I think is different when we look at a recipe book and it says what rice you should use in a paella, what kind of rice are we using? Well, I do prefer to use... Well, there are several kinds of rice, there are, but there are loads. There are lo long grain rice, which is definitely not suitable for a paella dish because it doesn't have enough starch in it, so it wouldn't get nice and sticky. It would just stay nice and fluffy. I didn't know that it didn't have more starch in it, long grain rice. Yeah, the, the, the long, uh, short grain, the shorter grain, the more starch in it and it gets nicer and stickier and creamier. So for risotto or paella, perfect. Not for nice fluffy rice, which you want with your curry or jasmine rice. Right. So quite controversially, I like to use sushi rice 
for paella. Sushi rice, so yeah. usually from Japanese cooking. Yes. And but you, it's so widely available now in supermarkets that you can get you know three thousand and one types of rice just from a trip to our local shop. So why not? So we're using sushi rice in a paella. I think it soaks up nicely all the flavors, all the all the um, saffron or paprika, or again quite uh, controversial is turmeric, just to give it a nice yellow color without the price tag attached to saffron. Sure. So saffron, as a by weight, I've heard is more expensive than gold. If you were going just by buying a small piece of it, so it makes sense to substitute that if you're on a budget or if you just want to cook practically and have something else that gives it a, a bit of a taste because I don't think saffron's got a very strong flavor. I don't think I've ever tasted saffron. I think you need to put a lot of it in there to, yeah. to, to taste it. It's more for the, for, for the color, which turmeric, you know, delivers exactly. in bags. Anyway. So turmeric's got a very yellow color, which you want from your saffron, but I guess traditionally turmeric wouldn't have been something on hand to people. Absolutely. As we said, this is not the traditional way to make paella. This is how we right. like it. Sure. I mean, turmeric's got loads of health benefits itself, so why not add oh. a bit of turmeric to your paella? Absolutely. And make it yellow, but also make it healthy at the same time. Absolutely. So, the short grain rice not only soaks up nicely all the flavors of the garlic, paprika, saffron, turmeric, whatever you like to put in there, but also does get very sticky, very sticky. So it's nice and sticky, starchy dish. Yes, yum, so yum, it's starchy, yum. but it holds its form when you serve it. Oh, one of the things I didn't write down, but I read, is that when traditionally they made a paella in a, in a big, large, shallow dish and cooked it over a fire, you wouldn't serve it into a bowl and give people a portion, each person would just eat straight from the pan with a wooden spoon. Okay, yeah, not, not necessarily amazing for COVID-19 situation, but yeah. yes. No hygiene concerns there. <laughs> oh well, that sounds lovely. I do like to just, you know, get everything in the middle of the table and help yourself. So I think I put down that usually it would have beans or seasonal vegetables in there, but we don't, how do you stand on beans and green veggies? Because I think a lot of the time we see people using peas, like frozen peas in their paella. What do you think of that? A fucking peas, seriously. <laughs> Let's just don't. Let's just don't put peas in a paella. Yeah. I, I, I don't. don't. They seem very British, isn't it? It's like when you make a curry and you put raisins in it or something. <laughs> oh, like a coronation chicken. Yeah, exactly. Coronation chicken. Anyway, beans in a paella. No, I don't think that that is a good idea. But again, I am not sure what traditionally would have been put in. No. Again, one of the things I read and didn't write in my notes here, sorry, I'm, I'm hitting you with all sorts of new knowledge <laughs> that's not on the sheet, that it was a peasant dish and someone said that it came from the word for leftovers from the Latin because peasants would take home whatever was left from their lords and ladies back home to cook with. So the, the meat would come from whatever was scraps um, that were left around that was available and so the, the vegetables would be whatever was around as well. So I guess you could say that you can throw into a paella whatever you want in terms of what vegetables you've got left over. That makes absolutely perfect sense, doesn't it? Because you just, yeah, as long as you've got rice and then whatever else you've got in your house, you can just put it in. If you, As long as you like it, as long as you enjoy it, yeah, why not? So absolutely. maybe purists and traditionalists wouldn't like our recipe that we're going to use, but maybe we're being more traditional by just using whatever we've got around. Absolutely. Rice is always a peasant's decision. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah, it seems to be. 
But with all that in mind, maybe we should just go into the kitchen and get cooking. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get started. Okay, we'll, we'll do some cooking. We'll come back and we will eat what we've made. We'll take some pictures. We'll put it on our Instagram. We'll put it on our Twitter account so you can see that it's not all just theoretical. This isn't a storybook. We are actually going to make something. And we will discuss it shortly. So here we are in the kitchen, in the two tablespoons kitchen. Huge kitchen. Massive kitchen. Oh my god, it goes on for acres. What a kitchen. <laughs> Apologies in the last section if you heard some background noise from one of the two tablespoons official pugs. Right, with the prawns, ideally, you would defrost them overnight. I have not done so. Ah. So, again, all the health and safety, all the food safety, we are going to just try to defrost them in a cold water. Never, ever, ever defrost fish or any shellfish in hot water. I got the chorizo out. Yep, excellent. Yeah, we do like to put uh, beautiful spicy Spanish sausage in our paella. It does say spicy Spanish chorizo. I'm saying with the th, I'm lisping automatically, although it's written chorizo. I think that's, I read that there's a difference in Spanish and Mexican pronunciation that S's and Z's as a th sound is because Spanish had a king who had a lisp and therefore everyone was supposed to speak like the king. I don't so know if that's true or not. That's why the, so, so the king doesn't feel Like a old. prick, yeah. <laughs> prick. You lisping prick! Very good, very good. I don't so, know if that's true or not. Well, maybe people who know more about Spanish history could let us know. So, uh, just chopping the onions. Again, I like to slice them rather than chop them, but again, that's just me. Uh, I slice them, I think they release their natural sugar better this way, and they coat the rice very nicely, so it's all stickier. When they're sliced, not diced. And they are sliced, not diced. And we're not going to be cooking ours over a traditional open fire, we are using a gas stove, although it's, it's, yeah, it's close to a gas fire, it's, it's better than electric I guess. There's going to be no, no smokes infusing the dish, but that's fine. So what do you think goes first in the pan? It must be the chicken, it must be the protein, we have to cook that off. Yes, we are going to brown it as well as we can, then take it out of the pan and without wiping, cleaning or anything, just leave the pan as it is with the beautiful chicken juices there. Even if it sticks a little bit at the bottom of the pan, perfect is what we want. So, uh, well, as I said, we want a sticky base, we want a soccer at mm -hmm. traditionally. Although, I don't like the burnt rice on the bottom of the dish, what do you think? Where do you stand on this? I think we are, you know, like we can offend some people by saying these things, but yeah, I prefer not to have the crust. I think it's crust, isn't it? Yeah, it's a crust. It's a, it's it's a, crust. a, a roasted rather than burnt. It's a roasted rice crust on the bottom of the dish, but we don't have it in ours um, because we, it's very easy to overdo it on a gas fire, though. I would think so, Our yeah. heat is probably more intense than an open wood but, fire. you know, that's probably because, well, at least myself, I have never had a proper paella made in Spain. I've never been to Spain. Pain, so please forgive me Spanish people. This is just my take on it. So there is about one tablespoon of uh, olive oil in the pan. Now uh, one, just the one? <laughs> I think maybe there was more. Uh, maybe two, yeah. Was it a Jamie Oliver tablespoon? <laughs> maybe. People actually listen to this. He will come and see us. That punch me in the throat. I would be very happy if he did. Not punch me. <laughs> Not punch me. That's better as I like. I'd fight Jamie Oliver. <laughs> oh god. Oh, Right, so chicken is in. Onions, then rice, then other stuff. Yeah, so onions first. 
they don't release their absolutely gorgeous juices which we want the rice to be able to soak up. Then the rice. So chicken's out, chicken's, chicken's in a bowl, out. chicken's just hanging out. Chicken is chicken in now. And if you make traditional paella, you would just put everything in the pan and it's cooked, don't touch it, don't stir it, no nothing. So you get the, what was it called, the crust? Sokarat. Sokarat, sokarat. So we are not going to get sokarat, we are just going, we are basically going to make it very much risotto style. So next thing, we've got the onions nicely browned now. Well, golden, not very brown, golden. Something brown. In with the rice. Sushi rice is in. Sushi rice is in. I like to toast the rice a little before adding the stock. And now, if you want it, is a good time to put your seasoning in as well. One tablespoon or two teaspoons of each of the spices, turmeric and smoked paprika. That's what's gone in so far. Garlic we'll add later, but if you want your garlic cooked down more, if you want more a more sweetened garlic flavour, if you don't want the raw punchiness of garlic, you would add it now as well. Add the stock. Uh, again, bear in mind, this is my, uh, our version of paella. It's not the... It's not the traditional one. It's not the traditional one. So you didn't chuck all the stock in at once, and no. you made about half a litre of stock to start yeah, with. Yeah, we will need more. We you added it gradually, so that the rice soaks it up bit by bit. That's correct, yeah. The next one to go in will be the chorizo and then uh, peppers. Peppers are going in much later than onion just because I don't want them to cook off to absorb nothing. I want them to have a little bit of bite mm -hmm. still. And peppers cook relatively quickly. They do, they do. So these are sweet peppers or bell peppers I think they're sometimes called in different places. Yeah and you can use any color you like. And Maturice is going to add extra oil and extra flavor into the dish because it's already a heavily seasoned Spanish sausage. So you'll get some heat from that, you'll get some oil being released into the and some smokiness. Actually, I'm glad you have mentioned spice because I don't think that's traditional. I think paella is not meant to be spice traditional. No, I didn't read anywhere that there's added chili into paella. Yeah, so it's meant to be quite mild and sweet dish almost. Yeah, so this is another way our recipe is deviating from the traditional one. And the only spice we're adding in though is from the sausage. Well, I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was just okay. about to say. No, it's not. <laughs> that I do like to add really hot chili. So it would be one very hot finger chili or bird's eye chili or now recently we have discovered that Esco sell amazing dried chilies so they've got ancho which is my new favorite which isn't very hot it's very fruity it's it a very is, fruity one it's very fruity it's gorgeous it's sweet and it does have a little bit of heat as well then they have chipotle which is absolutely fantastic and smoky and that's amazing for fajitas and then they also have a habanero and that's that, that's fiery that's very very fiery so that habanero is very very hot so i wouldn't use it for the paella but a little bit of ancho chilies and a little bit of chipotle chilies flakes definitely going in so these are dried chili flakes that we're, we're not sticking to the traditional recipe but we think we will add some of these dried chili flakes because they have a lot of the tasty chili flavors that we enjoy personally in this household so a little bit of each chili but it's only for us you don't have to add anyone in that's us peasants you know we, we're, we're improvising we're making it with what's available and with what we like right uh, the chicken we have browned at the beginning mm -hmm. it can go now in okay so all of our broth is in so far all the stock we is in. Need, we we'll probably more. add more to it but mm -hmm. we've got half a litre in there so far we've mm -hmm. got our spicy sausage we've got our seasonings of extra chilies and now the chicken is getting re-added to the pan 
The rice has been in there for a little while. It still looks really hard though, even it's, just by yeah, looking yeah. at it, it just looks very hard. And that's when it's going to start to all cook together and all the flavours are going to combine and the rice is going to gradually soften. How high, how high is the heat? Just quite a low that's, heat. That's quite low heat at the moment, just to let the rice, give the rice the time to soak up all the flavours and all the flavours. So they have a fire pit, <laughs> but then somewhere, you know, the fire would be fire size, approximately the size of one the fire. fire would be fire <laughs> One size. fire. And then somewhere raised above that you'd have a, a grill almost and it would sit, the pan would sit on top of there. So again, the heat from a gas stove is much closer and much more intense maybe than a, a wood-burning fire would be. It's come together now. We've got the yellow colour from the turmeric, not saffron. We're not rich. So I have just increased the heat a little bit because the pepper is just about to go in and will release even more juice into the dish. And this is going to cook as long as it takes for the rice. So you're cooking by eye now. It's not leave on the stove for yeah, X number of I minutes. Don't, I really don't it's know. It's not as precise as baking or steak times. Absolutely not. So everything's getting covered in the sauce. The peppers are in and they're going to slowly cook off their juices. So more juice will go into the pan. We'll top up the liquid levels if it needs it, if it looks like it's getting yeah. dry. But we're now just softening everything and letting the rice come together and become sticky and soft because yeah. at the moment it's still, it's still got quite a crunch to it. Exactly. So when it starts looking a little bit dry, just add a little bit of more stock or wine or any other liquid you wish to use. And it's nicely catching now. It's catching a bit, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just keep it moving around the pan. Yeah. Yeah, but don't don't worry, do not worry in any way if it catches a little bit because that is all, you need just need to scrape it off and that is all flavour. Yeah, this is just waiting game now, just mishi mishi. Mishi mishi? What's that one? That's new. <laughs> That's not it's new. It's not new for me, but it's new for uh, the outside world. To the outside world, this means just stir it nicely. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir We've it got up. lots of unique... Uh, phrases in this household. This, this is Czechlish. Czechlish, yes. A combination of Czech and English. Mishi Mishi is, you know, mix, stir, move around. <laughs> so I've been moving it around the pan quite a lot as I've taken sticking. over stirring duties. And can you hear how it's sticking now? Yeah, I can feel it sticking as well. And hear it as well. But that's, and they're still on a low heat, so this isn't, this isn't the way that it would maybe be cooked traditionally. They would just leave it, yeah, add liquid as needed. I think they just add all the liquid in. Yeah, so. yeah then put the lid on. And then just leave it, don't touch it anymore. Okay. That's, what, that, that's how the crust creates at the bottom and the rest cooks nicely. I'm left to believe. That's something what John Perrault likes to say. He likes to say, listen to your food. It will let you know what it needs. Oh. When it needs more water, just listen to it. Um, I need more wine. Okay. <laughs> there we go. No wine for you. So we're going to add a little bit more stock because we haven't got any hair wine. Your granny made a paella for us like that. She put, she's very good cook, and she put exactly as uh, originally or, or traditionally made, not on an open fire, just on her dough. She would put all the ingredients in at first, put the lid on it, and just left it for a certain amount of time. I don't know how long. I think and she would have timed it. I think she would know exactly she, how yeah, long to leave it for. She's she one, yeah, definitely yeah, one for sticking yeah, to recipes. Absolutely. And I remember we were sitting in the living room with Granny, you and I, just chatting away, having the pre-dinner drink, and your grandpa wandered away, and Granny, Granny just went, Stanley, don't stir it! It's not meant to be stirred! <laughs> Without even looking, she just knew he's gone in there to stir yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, paella. I think it's very near the time, but I'm going to stop adding any stock. Just let it to go quite dry now. There is a, a little bit of a crunch. I have heat from the chilies, but not. it's not overwhelming. It's not super hot. The, the rice still has a bit of a bite to it, but it's definitely coming together. And 
now the garlic. As we have mentioned before, if you don't like raw garlic flavor, please do add it in Earlier at on. the beginning of the cooking, like with the onions really, when the onions are just about done. There's another good tip and I can't remember where I heard it. So we are going to now stir everything and make sure that we are happy with the rice, that it's still a little bit hard, but not too hard. We are going to add the prawns in and just turn off the heat and let it to rest. And the heat that's already in the existing ingredients is going to warm up the prawns. Exactly, warm up the prawns and it will allow the rice to get nice and soft. This is the zest from one lemon that's yeah. been grated and that's about to go in shortly after the garlic. So I'm pretty sure that you know traditional Spanish cooks or chefs would absolutely hate it and so would we'll say get... this is nowhere near paella. Yeah, we're probably getting a riot on our hands by now if we serve this to So we shouldn't really persons. call it paella, we should just call it it's Spanish a paella inspired, inspired rice dish. Yes, exactly. Trust your instinct. You are going to be eating and you are not well, cooking yeah. for, for you know paying guests. E even if you're new to cooking, that's not a bad tip. Is just try it as you go along, as long as it's safe to do so, as long as you've cooked your meat off and things like yeah. that. Because you have to eat it at the end of the day. Yeah. So you, if it tastes nice as you're going, then hopefully the end result is going to taste nice. Rice has softened sufficiently. Yeah, definitely so. Heat has been switched off. It's Correct. just still bubbling a little bit. The lemon zest is going in, and now the prawns are also going in. Now the prawns have been defrosted from frozen. They're already cooked, so they're just heating with the heat from the other ingredients at the moment. So the lid is on because that doesn't let the steam out, so it keeps all the heat and all the juices inside the pan. Let it to rest. Um, I'm going to eat very, very short. Back from the two tablespoons kitchen, and I've got with me a lovely, vibrant bowl of the our take on the paella that we just made. So I've got, I'm going to take my first forkful. I've got a prawn, I've got some red peppers, got a bit of chicken. I'm going to dive in. I think it looks amazing. It does need some green to it, though. We haven't had any coriander, as I mentioned. Again, I'm sorry, purists. Coriander definitely does not belong to traditional paella. However, because it has the zingy, citrusy flavor, I love coriander. We didn't have any. We were not as prepared as we thought we were. Well, we could have added green beans or something if we wanted more color and make yeah. it more traditional. Again, we haven't got any. <laughs> but yes, if you want some color to it, I think green would make it even nicer. But it's nice and yellow from the turmeric, and it has very, it is very spicy, to be fair, from the two different chilies we have put in. Yeah, so we don't have to include the chilies. That's entirely optional, just for a bit of extra flavor for us. I would say it does have a tingle on the tongue from the chilies, but it's not overly spicy. The prawns haven't lost their, their texture because we used pre-cooked ones and added them right at the last minute. They're still nice and bouncy and soft uh, after having properly defrosted them. The red peppers have still got a little bit of a texture to them because you added them later on as well to keep the texture of them. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the garlic isn't too strong, I don't think. No, I wouldn't say I'm mm. being knocked out by the garlic. Mm. I do get a nice zest from the lemon zest there that mm. you added. Yeah, it's gorgeous, isn't it? I really do like that, yeah. And it doesn't feel like it needs a sauce or anything extra because we've added a litre of stock in total. The rice is sticky, but it's still, everything's soft and moist. It all has come together mm. very nicely. It's gorgeous. It's comfort food, isn't it? It is comfort mm. food. And I get a little bit of chorizo with a little bit of prawn and um, pepper. Oh my God. So this is our take on a Spanish traditional dish. It's yeah. in no way traditional. So we didn't mention it as you were doing it, but the chorizo, the chorizo, if you want, <laughs> was chopped up, sort of cubed mm -hmm. as you went. You could have it in bigger slices if you want. Mm -hmm. So it's nice when you get a little cube of that to get a, a bit of spiciness, because we, we chose a spicy variety mm -hmm. to go in and a bit more of a texture as well. The nice spicy sausage flavor comes through from it. Mm -hmm. So just to recap, we had going into there, first the chicken to brown off. So olive oil, about one tablespoon of olive oil, then the chicken, brown it off. Don't worry, it doesn't need to be cooked completely. Just make sure that it's nicely brown on all sides. They have used boneless and skinless chicken thighs because they are nice and fatty. 
But so they they're not going of, to get dry. So they've got a nice meaty content, but they've also got bits of fat just chopped <clears> up. <throat> cut off the worst bits if there's anything left from the, the packets that you don't like the look of. But you want to leave some of the fat on there because that's what infuses the flavour as you're cooking it. Absolutely. Once the chicken is nicely browned, please season it. Please do season. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Just play with it on the pan for a little bit longer. Then take it out of the pan with a slotted spoon as you, if you can because we need the juices and the remaining oil in the pan for the next stage. So we leave the, the cooking material from the pan and it's a frying pan, it's a, quite a large size frying pan we're using, non-stick. So the chicken's cooked off and browned nicely. We're leaving its juices, flavours, tastes in the pan as we move the meat into a, a bowl on the side just to cool, that's fine. And then from there we use the same pan, the same ingredients or the same oils and flavours for the rest of the ingredients to go in. Mm -hmm. So after that you've got chopped up onions, not diced very small, they're in sort of, they're quite big chunks because they're going to cook down a lot anyway as they release their juices. I prefer to slice onions rather than chop them up onto little cubes. So just slice the onions. We used one onion for about, I think we have made about three or four portions again. Well, three really good portions. I would say there are four portions in that pan. <laughs> <laughs> three really good portions, let's say. So we have had one onion and one pepper. So the onion sliced up nicely, you just go halfways and then across so you've got nice half moons really of the onion. Goes into the pan when we still have the olive oil and we've got the chicken juices and a little bit of salt and pepper will still be there. We just pack it in and let it to go get golden. Really, we didn't brown them, brown, brown. They're on the verge of, so we, a little bit of you would say maybe you're browning your onions, but you're just cooking them through until they start to soften. And it, they get a little bit of color as well because the color is the flavor. So the onions have started to soften, started to color, and from there... Then we put the rice in and then our seasoning. So the rice goes in, but I like to toast the rice a little bit with the onions, just for a minute or so, not for very long, just so the rice gets nice and coated. Then we put in, we said about two tablespoons or one, uh, sorry, two tablespoons, no, two teaspoons or one tablespoon of a smoked paprika and a turmeric. Uh, again, turmeric is not traditional. We just like to use it because A, it's got a lovely smoky flavor and also it adds the fantastic vibrant uh, yellow, color, yellow right? color to it. That you yes. usually get from saffron. <clears throat> we're, not, we're not using saffron. It's a very, as we mentioned, very expensive ingredient, but we've substituted it for turmeric and the result is still a very nice, tasty dish. So from there, we've, we've added the spices, we've added turmeric, we've added smoked paprika. We've mixed them around with our rice and our onions that have already colored, just to cook the spices a little bit. That's true. And then we put in the stock. So stock we have talked about in the kitchen a little bit. So you can definitely make your own chicken stock. It does take a lot of time. It's not difficult in any way. It just takes time. So if you don't have the time, do not worry. You can absolutely use just stock cube mixed so with water. So what we used today was a stock pot in half a litre of water at this stage. Just mixed around. It was hot water. You boiled it from the kettle, mixed up to make a stock. And you add that gradually. Mm -hmm. More like a risotto style at this stage because we want the rice to soak up the liquid as we're adding it. So this is definitely risotto method. It's not a paella method here. Anyway, paella method is different. So we have decided while we were in the kitchen, we shouldn't call this paella in any way. This is just a Spanish-inspired rice dish. I'm still calling it paella, that's fine. <laughs> it's our take of paella. We're peasants and we're making a peasant dish. So our stock has started to go in. You're watching it, you're cooking by eye at this stage. Mm -hmm. You want the rice to start softening down and absorbing all the flavours from the stock cube that you've added, but all the other ingredients already. So it's absorbing the taste from the spices, it's absorbing the onion juices, and as it's reducing, the starches are starting to be released from the rice. The grains are puffing up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then we added... Chicken bug in 
and very closely follow the peppers. And then we just stir and watch and stir and watch and listen. Listen to your cooking, listen to your food as it's cooking. If it's starting to dry out, if it's starting to stick as you're mixing it, because we are mixing ours, we're not leaving it to, to cook the crust on. If you think it needs more liquid, you can add the remains of your stock if there is any more, or you can mix up. We ended up using a litre in total, mm-hmm. which was two separate instances of mm-hmm. half a litre of boiled water with a stock pot mm-hmm. in them to make up a stock. So there are two stock pots there, yeah? There are stock, two stock mm-hmm. pots in there. Mm-hmm. Taste it as you go. Once the, once the meat's in and has cooked off properly, you're safe to start tasting the mixture and just see what does it need, depending on what you like. Yep, just taste and season, taste and season. Paprika and your turmeric are in. You shouldn't need to change these again or add any more to it just look for the salt do you need more salt do you need, need more, more salt do you need more pepper do you need more chilies we have used you added dried chilies at this stage that's yes. the, the secret ingredient <clears throat> Sorry, I was alluding yeah. to. not so secret ingredient mm-hmm. ancho chilies and chipotle chilies you can get them dried uh, in tesco stores now they are quite new addition to their spice rack but that's just because we like a, a spice dish it's and they impart gorgeous. so much flavor if you do like heat to your food you should definitely add these in. If you don't like spicy food, please don't. Do not force yourself because this can be very nice, mild, sweet dish. You don't need the spice if you don't like it. So don't force yourself. If you are a spice maniac like ourselves, it's a fantastic addition and just adds something special to the dish. And ancho chilies are... They're very sweet. They've got a raisiny taste to them, mm, I would say, almost. They are so... The dried ones, anyway. They still have a little bit of the heat to them. A little bit. But they are definitely more sweet than spicy. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll try and add the way that we did it today and the, the quantities, roughly. I'll put them into the show notes. So if you're interested, if you want to go into the description of the podcast, you'll be able to see what we've added in roughly what order. I'll type it up all nicely. If you wanted to recreate the same thing, the, the Spanish-inspired mm. dish that we've got here today Behold. that we're enjoying for our meal, you can definitely recreate it at home. Yeah, absolutely. But it is all about what you like, what you enjoy. Just make it your own. This is the way we like it. Uh, we have also added chipotle chili, I was going to mention. So we've got the ancho, which is really sweet and fruity. And then we added chipotle chili. They are all dried up in little jars from Tesco's. Chipotle chili, which is very smoky as well. So we've got the smokiness of the chorizo already there. And we've got the chipotle chili and the ancho. is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. I love it. Very, very nice. And as I'm eating it, it's tingling on my palate, but mm. I really like the way that the it, everything has come together and combined. Mm. It's not, you don't need to add a sauce, it, but it's not missing anything. It doesn't feel too dry. You've got plenty of moisture there, which is all the, the good natural juices from the meats have come out, the vegetables have come out. It's sticking together a little bit, which is nicely from the mm. starch, from the short grains of sushi rice that we mentioned earlier. That's your, your preference mm. in terms of a rice. It's all round a tasty and a warming and a hearty dish. So we're having it for lunch now, it's lunchtime, but you could easily have this, as we mentioned, for a, a for dinner. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a spicy breakfast. <laughs> you could make this in advance, minus the prawns on a Sunday, and reheat it thoroughly, and then add the prawns in as you're reheating. You'd have that to last for a day or two. We okay. are not discussing at the moment it, you know, how, to, how to batch cook, but it's definitely some, it's a candidate, you know, some batch cooking. Definitely. Definitely a possibility. You don't have to use prawns at all. If if you don't like shellfish or uh, god forbid you are allergic to shellfish you don't have to use any fish you can just use you can use any meat i can actually imagine this dish with a slice of steak on the top oh very interesting i could imagine it with something that needs a bit more cooking time mm. slowly that you sear to start with and then let it cook through so maybe a pork loin that doesn't mm. have a lot of fat in it 
you could sear it to start with, and then it would take on the flavours and the juices as it cooks through. Mm, definitely. As we said at the start, it's what's what's available, what's around, what's seasonal, what, what you have, what you want to make a dish from. I think I understand now, thinking about it properly, why they would traditionally use rabbit, because yeah, you would just because a rabbit is quite skinny animal, isn't it? When you when when you take the skin off, sorry. The meat is I know quite you're eating, lean. <laughs> but when you take the skin off, it's very lean, so it can't really take too much roasting in the oven on its own. But then if you take the, the bits and pieces of rabbit and just chuck it in there and let it to slowly, inf- you know, so it will suck up the flavours of this lo- lovely dish and then take you off, off, off the bone here. Yeah. So rabbit, if you listen to my mother and grandmother, is one of the most easily digestible meats as well. Mm. So they said that if they want to start, you know, when we were younger, the, one of the first meats they would want to feed us is rabbit because of mm. how easy it is for children to digest. But that's, you know, that's know maybe that. an old, I heard it from old wives, so it could be an old wives oh. tale. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I remember my grandfather, bless his soul, he would keep rabbits. That's one of the most horrific memories I've got as a little child. I horrific think. memory warning. <laughs> uh, when, because he kept chickens and rabbits and other animals, no, nothing big, like cows or sheep or pigs, just the small ones. And yes, one of the most horrific memories is that I went to the garden and granddad was standing there and there were about five skinned rabbits, headless rabbits, hanging you know on a i think it was like a washing line or something it's you know but you do need to process them when you keep that's them the countryside anywhere any country that you're in you know the, the, these things don't come out of the ground prepackaged from a supermarket I can't remember all how our young ingredients I come was, somewhere but i was very young then i don't think that my sister was born so i must have been like three or something so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no no it was uh, and so i believe i have eaten rabbit at some point i just don't remember it i can tell you i've never actually eaten rabbit and well never consciously eaten it because i refused at some point when i was about seven years old seven years Old. Did you become vegetarian at seven? No, I became a vegetarian later and then renounced it later than that. <laughs> cool. Oh, yummy, this is delicious. That is very comforty, isn't it? So I would say one of the last things I wanted to mention was the, the variant of this that we cooked yesterday. So we've cooked this one today with our non-traditional approach to it in that we've mixed it, we've not allowed it to develop a crust as we've been cooking it. We've also used risotto, not risotto rice. We've also used sushi rice, which is very different from a traditional one. We forego the rice altogether yesterday and you had it with Cauli rice. So. We have made yeah, we have made a cauliflower rice, which is very popular in a low carb environment right now, and it's tasty. It really is tasty. But I think it can get even tastier if you first roast the cauliflower. So just cut it into florets. You don't need loads of loads of recipes call for olive oil and a seasoning. I think you don't need it at this stage if you are making a cauliflower cauliflower rice. So so I guess I would just point out now that this is a bit of a side note. This is separate from our Spanish inspired <laughs> rice dish that we're eating today, which is lovely. And I am going to look forward to finishing the bowl and possibly the rest of the pan, maybe. Very, very tasty. But when we, we made a low carb version yesterday, substituting the rice for a cauliflower rice, roasted the cauliflower florets in the oven, first of all, before we blitz them up to make the cauliflower rice, which you can absolutely make at home. You don't have to buy it. It's great when you've got the seasonal vegetables in stock because the, the large heads of cauliflower just now when we're recording, they were just huge. And they were, you could hold it in two hands, how, how big it was and how tasty the, the produce that you get from it is. So roasted in the oven, 
until they're starting to brown and turn black at the edges, that's what you want. It starts to release a really nutty, lovely flavour. Blitzed it up in the machine, didn't we, just to make small rice-like sections. A lot of the method was similar to what we did today, but just the cauliflower was added later on. Because One it's already... of the last things, really, because it's already cooked. Mm. You don't want it to overcook it and get mushy. So the cauliflower rice, if you follow this recipe we have just been talking about, and then... So we're not saying, we're not giving you an exact recipe for it now, but we're just saying, as an option, consider if you wanted to go low carb, you would take your rice out because rice is a, a carbohydrate and quite a, a high source of it. You could substitute that for collie rice as a vegetable source and you could make a very similar dish, all the same flavors, the same comfort food feeling that you would get from something like a paella, but it would be a low carb version. Absolutely. I think that's probably it for That's paellas. probably about it, yeah. Unless there's anything else you want to say, you're just dying. Anyone <laughs> you're dying to tell us about paella? No, I, no, yeah. Thank you for listening. That's what we would say, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> this is our first episode, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Fingers crossed you liked it and you will come back to us. Please do feel free to leave us any comments in our show notes. You can reach us on Twitter at the letter T tablespoons. So it's that T tablespoons. T tablespoons. Uh, you can reach out to us via email. I've got the email address here. We are two tablespoons at outlook.com. You and can send us a message. The, 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 the word two. So T W O T A B L E S P O O N S at outlook.com. Send us a mail, tell us what you thought, or suggest any recipe ideas if you like. But we've got plenty of our own, so don't you worry. If you've got no ideas, we've got some more. Next time we said we were going to be talking about a restaurant favourite that you can make in your own home, because we are, at the time of recording, currently still in lockdown in the UK. So maybe you're missing a bit of your favourite uh, spicy, Eastern-inspired noodle bar type restaurant. So we're going to bring to you a chicken katsu curry made our way. It's not a recipe we've tried before, but we're going to give it a go. Let's see what's going to happen. Uh, it might turn out to be something very different. No, no, no. We will try. We will try. It sounds amazing. I have never had a chicken katsu actually myself. I've never had it. So this particular noodle bar style restaurant I have been to in the past. I used to do service calls there. I've repaired kitchen screens there. Yes, we are talking about Wagamama's. Wagamama style <laughs> chicken katsu curry. Yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I've had the dish before. I know what it should taste like and we'll see whether we've managed to recreate it or not. Yeah, we'll see. If there's anyone who wants to leave us a comment and things they want to contribute, absolutely do so. But until then, we will see you next time on Two Tablespoons. We will not see you. But we yeah. will, well, you'll hear us. You will hear us next you will time. Hear us. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you. Maybe I'll be outside your house looking in your window. Oh gosh, okay. Did you listen? Bye. Bye bye. Bye, bye for now.